0: You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice, designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. How many times have you called a company you do business with in your business or personal life and heard this? This call may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance. A lot of our calls are being recorded today, which begs the question, how are companies using these recordings? I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. Voice of the customer is the term that many in the business world use to describe the capturing of, what else? Customer voices. In this episode, we're talking to Mike Adams, CEO and co-founder of Grain, which is a tool that allows people to quickly clip and annotate Zoom calls. Mike and I are gonna talk about using the voice of the customer to improve your marketing and much more. When the voice of the customer is easy to capture and then make usable, it opens a lot of doors for marketers. It's easier to share success stories and positive feedback from calls. It's easier to guide your product marketing and product development when you hear things directly from your customers. It's also easier to solve problems and improve the customer service when issues like bugs can easily be captured and shared. As you're listening to this episode, you might want to ask yourself, are you capturing and effectively using the voice of your customers? Mike Adams, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah,
1: it's great to be here. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Mike. Uh, I am the CEO and co-founder of Grain. We build tools for uh, people who live on video meetings all day uh, to remember those conversations better, make use of those conversations, include more people in the room that you wish would have been there, and generally relying on on the wetware <laughs> that that uh, we have that is pretty faulty when it comes to doing the type of work we do nowadays. Wearing on relying on that less. And outsourcing more of that, you know, kind of drug work to tools like grain that can help you to be your best self.
0: I think the blanket term that people have used for this area of business is voice of the customer strategies, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Understanding your uh, customer struggles, their needs, problems they're trying to solve by hearing it straight from uh, their mouths. And that's hardly a new thing. We've been hearing that our calls have been recorded for quality purposes for years now. So how much of a limiting factor in your mind was the technology in capturing and enabling people to identify and distribute the most valuable parts of their customer interactions?
1: Yeah, I think there's two components to it. One is the technology, and then the other one is behavior change. Um, So the technology piece has been Uh, not much of a limiter in terms of the ease of recording. It's been pretty easy to record our conversations. You've had recorder built into your iPhone and whatever else for a really long time, but it's not normal to record that much. And so because um, of the problem with making use of the content, it is actually very difficult to make use of a recording. We haven't had much of an incentive to overcome the norm of making it more normal to start recording. And so as Grain's focus is on making it dead simple for anybody who's in a conversation to make use of the content of that conversation by pulling out the specific parts of the meeting where something important was said, or it's relevant to another person that you want to share that with. And we've created a fairly innovative way of doing that, which is to transcribe the meeting in real time, select the text. I was actually just showing this to Michael. You select the text that you want to clip out as a separate piece of video that lives independent from the full recording file. And then you share that. And fundamentally that technology is, is a big part of the behavior changes that we call a full recording, usually like radioactive material. It's like, I'm raw, I'm vulnerable. Like it makes me feel weird. Like, ah, I want to have full access and control to make sure that I don't get taken out of context or or whatever else it may be. And so you, the recorder, are in full control of that full recording. And Grain, as a piece of technology, gives you the ability to cut out just the parts that you want to share, um, make those live independently. And it it changes a lot of the ways that we actually can communicate in general when you have a way to bottle up and ship parts of a conversation to people who weren't even in that conversation, all while still preserving that privacy. So it's really kind of a two-part component here between the technology like grain that's emerging to make it useful. And then the, you know, kind of changes in behavior to make it more normal to record as people still feel really comfortable that they're in control and they don't have to sacrifice that in order to get utility.
0: And like you said, you, you just demonstrated this for me uh, before we started recording the podcast, took a piece of the transcript that uh, we were making as we were discussing, uh, preparing for this episode highlighted it, and it clipped a short part of the call audio and video. So normally I'm on the phone with a client or someone we've done some work for who's happy with what we've done. They say something nice. And then after we get off the phone, I go to Slack and I let the team know I type it out. I don't go back and get the recording, but you could have done all that while we were still on the call.
1: Yeah. And in fact, so there's two components to this. There's um... One is the just ease of getting that content out uh, in the power that, that comes with the literal voice of the customer. So the normal world, the old daisy chain workflows is the game of telephone where there's the mistranslation of like what they actually said. And then your engineers oftentimes are gonna be skeptical of like, did they really say that? <laughs> or did you, are you paraphrasing them, right? Um, there's a certain amount of like loss between going from the literal voice when you're in the moment And then translating that afterwards, which is the kind of old way of doing things. And even if you wanted the literal voice, the old way of doing things would be to wait until after the meeting is over, download the whole thing, upload it into Final Cut or iMovie or something else, identify, rewatch the entire thing to find the parts that you want, and then pull that clip out, upload it somewhere else, and then share that literal voice. There's a reason people haven't been sharing the literal voice. It's been way too much of a pain in the butt and the technology just hasn't been there. And so that's where Grain comes in and makes it really, really easy to do that in real time. And you can manually do that work. And then the last component, and I didn't show you this yet, but it's uh, something we just released last week, is you can actually map those uh, moments that you pull out if you can codify them. And so you can map them to workflows. So for example, I have a fire emoji in my notepad. So Grain has this real-time annotation kind of attachment to Zoom where when something important is said, you clip it out or you take a note, or you add an emoji. So when I add the fire emoji, and I can add a caption of text to that as well, like this, to summarize what I, I want someone to take away from that moment, um, I have that triggered to a voice of the customer channel in Slack. So what will happen is Grain will uh, automatically create a highlight clip from that moment. And it will take that highlight clip and the transcript and push the video, just that part that I wanted to share, directly into a voice of the user channel in Slack. And then I do that like, five to six times a day. So every time I'm on a call with a customer or with a user, I'm clipping those moments and I am sharing them. And what that does for me is I don't have to remember to go back and do it later. So grain solves the like daisy chain tool chain going down from, you know, a a multi hour project to say a, a minute project. And then with what we just released last week with workflows, You can now, you don't even have to make that a minute project. You can literally just take care of it right now. As it was said, I know that I want that amazing quote the customer said to go to this place to share with these people. And so you can set up workflow automations for that.
0: There's a lot to be gleaned from listening to customer interactions for your folks who work in customer service, your people who work in marketing, product development, the list goes on and on. What is your sense of how companies are capitalizing on these opportunities compared to maybe just a few years back?
1: Yeah, fundamentally, it's better product marketing. The closer you get to the truth, the more resonant your message is going to be, right? Every time you have to translate between the person who heard it from the customer to the person who's messaging it or marketing it to the customer, you're going to be further away from the reality and the truth of that very user or customer and so the more that uh, you have the original source material and that original voice just the better resonant messaging you're going to get the other component to it is testimonials is people are more persuaded and more likely to be convinced of the value of your product or your marketing when their peers are telling them how great it is as opposed to the company like we're going to be skeptical of of course, grain says that grain is great, but, but what does Guillaume Cabane have to say about how he uses it? And so we use these highlight clips as much as humanly possible, always asking for consent and permission before any public sharing, of course. But we use it as a huge part of our multimedia marketing strategy and more and more teams and companies are as well, is that it is more persuasive marketing when you can, as a user, actually watch uh, someone else describe or demo or explain the thing that they get out of the product and it makes it more relatable than if it had to go through that translation layer.
0: And we we we're doing it right here, right? We tend to focus on, I don't want to say the positive uses, but we're going to, <laughs> people are going to say great things about our product and we want to get it out to our team and to our other customers and our prospects as soon as possible. But on a customer service angle, how many times have we all been on customer service calls where we're trying to explain to the rep what the problem is, and then they have to turn around and put it into some knowledge base or get somebody on the engineering side. I got to think that there's some good applications of this technology to just, here's the problem I'm having, get it into the hands, the ears, the eyes of the people who can help me fix it.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's a certain time-based component to that too, of, I'm on a call with a client or a customer or user who's experiencing an issue and they can demo it to me right now on the video call and show me what's going on. And grain now enables an entirely new customer support use case where I can say, okay, let me clip out that part that you just shared while I'm still on the call with you, send it over to my engineering team. They can actually see, they now have the exact same data that I have. They don't have to rewatch the whole 10 minutes. They can just clip the part. That I have done the filtering as the success or as a support uh, manager, and now they can evaluate it while I'm still on the phone call with you. Get me an answer, and then I can you know give you that uh, that feedback as to what was the cause of the problem, what's the solution to the problem. It enables a a real time way of troubleshooting that it was just simply not possible in a world where you have to wait until meetings are over in order to get the information to the people who can do something about it. Because you can't do two things at once, you can't have two conversations at once, uh, you know, at least live anyway, but if you can pull things out and enable an asynchronous workflow that's um, complementary to your existing workflow, you're still on the call, uh, the support call, you can troubleshoot just so much faster and actually provide a much better customer experience.
0: That's a great use case, great example. But so, what are some of the best examples that you're familiar with regarding how businesses are putting insights from their voice of the customer strategies to work?
1: Yeah, I'd say that um, one of our largest use cases has been uh, product teams and consultants. So I'll, I'll tackle them separately. <laughs> product teams tend to be people who are creating. Something that is scalable, that can be replicatable across a lot of different people who could come in and buy and purchase and ultimately utilize that product. And so um, it's usually the product manager, the user experience researcher, the designers. There's a qualitative problem to be solved when anytime you're building a product, which is what do people think? How do they feel? What do they want? And Those are not things you can solve in, you know, SQL and and and, and, and with segments uh, and with any of the kind of quantitative side of, of product. It has to be qualitative, and so that use case has been, I would say, one of our biggest ones is really spending the time in research calls, feedback, um, uh, you know, proactive uh, outreach from a product team to understand a user need, and then cutting up all of the pieces of insight, um, analysis that are gonna help to inform an improvement in the product. And then putting those into what at Grain we call stories, which is like a, like a playlist of multiple highlights that are all themed together based on feedback across multiple different users or themes inside of you know, what one user had to say. And then sharing that out to the team as a way of saying, here's what uh, we need to do. Um, from the perspective of the people who we're building for. So that's been huge. And then the other major use case we've seen has been, um, we really, it'd be be a consultant, it's services, it's client services and delivery. So I, the grain user, um, am someone who delivers value to people who pay me money for my consulting services. And most of the time that value is being delivered both synchronously through conversation and giving advice or um, or learning about the needs of the customer or the user, or asynchronously by sending over deliverables. And so, what Grain allows the uh, consultant to do is to take those moments of value that the, that the client is actually paying for and to bottle them up and to repackage them and to make them live forever and actually become a uh, major contribution to that asset package, that deliverable package of what gets left behind in terms of the the actual service that I'm providing. Here's the five minutes where I explained this technical feature that I was consulting you on. And now you have a record of it forever. You can copy that link and you can paste it and share it to your um, CTO who, who needs that information instead of having to get me to talk to that person directly. So they're actually bottling up this advice and this consulting service they're giving. Um, and making it a, a core part of the deliverable.
0: You mentioned product teams and how they can use a tool like Grain in the past. Well, not in the past, because I guess they still do it. <laughs> heat maps, surveys, maybe some focus groups or user groups, which is kind of like, sort of like three different data streams coming in, right? You look at a heat map and you go, well, everybody's going up to the upper left-hand corner of the window. We don't really know why, but let's let's make an educated guess or an assumption. And, you know, surveys to the extent that people want to take surveys, the extent that people will yeah. fill them out uh, and be truthful and honest and not just fly through and try and get their incentive. <laughs> Plenty to worry about if you're trying to plan your product using those tactics. Hearing people say it, describing what they're trying to do, it's hard to screw that up.
1: Yeah, so, so there's actually, a, that reminds me of a third use case, which is uh, real-time bug reporting and troubleshooting. So we mentioned when you get on the call explicitly to support or to help a user and they share their screen and they're showing what's on the screen um, as they try to explain the problem. You bottle that up in a highlight clip and you send it over to the team who can who can help. That's one use case. Another one is a lot of times you don't know when something is going to go wrong, but it happened to be on the screen. You noticed it, you'd observed it. I actually had one just when I was doing that demo on with you. I typed a note and uh, I pressed refresh and my note was gone. I was like, that's, that's a bug. That's a problem. And my screen was being shared at the time and the, and the content was being recorded. So as soon as this call is over, I can't do it right now. Cause we're in this like live stream and I'm, I'm providing like the podcast content, but I'm going to go back to that moment. I'm going to clip out just um, that, that, that three seconds worth of the bug where you saw it and I saw it, and I can say, here is what happened. This is what I observed, engineering team. You now have all the exact same information of what happened that I had. And if you're living in a record-by-default world that we live in at Grain, and many and more of the teams that have embraced you know, our, our product philosophy and, uh, and product are doing, you have opportunities to document and to uh, share it, it, bugs, uh, insights, uh, moments of knowledge, alignment, accountability that that you otherwise would never be able to have a th- thread to go back to. And it's totally game-changing in terms of um, many people have described it as a time machine. It's like, what if I could just go back to that moment where you saw the bug? And, or I could get more importantly, my engineer to go back to the moment where we saw the bug and then they can figure it out for themselves. Cause that'll be the exact same context that I have. And now they have that same context because they're in the time machine. And so it allows you to actually do that, um, to bottle up pieces of time and, and ship them around like it's, a, like it's a time machine.
0: This is Mike Pastor from Technology Advice, and you're listening to B2B Nation with our guest, Mike Adams. Just a reminder that on August 4th, 2021, you can learn from your peers and help support a good cause at the Manfest, our half-day virtual event. This time around, we are marketers on a mission and you can gain marketing knowledge while supporting one of our favorite charities, Youth Villages. Get more information and get involved at demandfest.tech. Now back to Mike Adams and B2B Nation. What in your mind is next in this space? Because we can now easily record a call. You and I are both recording this call because you're doing it through (laughs) grain and I'm doing it through Zoom. We can annotate calls. We can auto transcribe calls. We can search them for certain phrases or words. You go back like a decade or so, and most of this was pretty far-fetched. Not very easy to do. Mm -hmm. So when you think about how far we have come, where do you think we're gonna go?
1: What comes next is in my opinion, you have systems of engagement, which is where we're at right now. That's what grain is. It's a tool that you use. Like you have a tool belt and like you're the carpenter, right? You're the one who's actually, you know. Uh, drilling the, 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 the pilot hole or whatever it may be for the piece that you're trying to come together. Um, I believe that will still continue to be the case. I don't believe that AI is going to replace the, the human cognition and the complex problem solving that we do. What will happen is it will augment it. It will make it that much faster, that much safer, that much easier, that much more insightful, that much more accurate to be able to identify those, uh, those moments of value, and importance and help you to ultimately convey the information to the rest of your team that you need, or make the case about why this user feature needs to be built because the tools that you use have identified those moments based on your pattern of identifying those moments. So there's the difference between artificial intelligence and augmented intelligence. Personally at Grain, we believe much more in the augmented pathway of Uh, augmented would be like a power screwdriver. It's still a screwdriver. You still got to like put it on the screw and press a button, but it's a lot easier than like manually cranking and you're not going to have your wrist get sore. And so when I think about the future, I don't think it's going to be a world where you've got AI marketers and all you got to do is add like the grain recorder to your call. And all of a sudden you've got like all your marketing collateral. Like that's just not going to happen anytime soon um, or if ever. But if all you have to do is add grain to your call and flag those important moments as they come up and you're seconds away from having collateral that you can leverage across your company and across your your marketing campaigns, um, that's where grain is today. And in in the very near future, the the kind of power screwdriver type of uh, thing will be grain identifying more and more of those automated moments for you. And you then get to decide what you want to do with them from there.
0: It's not going to replace marketers. It's not going to replace their content creation, their designers, or any of that. It's just going to make the whole process more efficient, put the right stuff in front of the right people, hopefully at the right time, which is yeah. what we often talk about in B2B marketing. How do you get that right piece at the right person at the right time? So, anything that's going to help you do that is going to provide some value.
1: I, I agree. And I think that I see a lot more video as a result, and video is a the best means to connect that we have, especially asynchronously, because I it's it's more powerful for me to watch or say or hear someone do it or say it than to read the text on a page. And so I think we're going to see a lot more video um, as, as a primary uh, asset in the marketing stack.
0: So speaking of which, because this is, it's kind of central to the demo you showed me and to mm-hmm how we've talked about grain working. What do you think happens with video calls as people get back to the office and maybe search for a sense of normalcy? We've heard about zoom
1: fatigue. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What do you, what do you think happens going forward?
1: Totally. I think that there will be some components of things that will go back to exactly the way that they were in terms of in person with no video um, components to them, but I think they will be the exception. Whereas before that was the norm. And so We are now in a hybrid remote world is what like Microsoft and all of everybody who's trying to do the thought leadership coining of like, what is this world that we're in now? Hybrid remote, it's the best way to put it. We're sometimes in person, we're sometimes in office, and it's not necessarily dictated towards one person. Like I might spend three days in the office and two days from home, but the communication stack that we have has to work seamlessly and flawlessly across in person and remote because of the mix of people and because of the mix of days and times that we spent. And where I get a lot of confidence is that uh, when the virtual experience is actually better than the in-person experience, you have incentive, even if there is nobody on the line, to be able to uh, use the same tools you would use in remote, in-person, because it gives you that augmented super-powered experience you simply can't have if you are, you know, fully in person and not using leveraging any technology.
0: And I think the other thing it does too is the familiarity with the tools. If you're talking about getting customers on Zoom and, you know, recording that bug, trying to figure out what's going wrong, you know, they may not be the most tech savvy people, but chances are they know how to use Zoom now which, you know, go back two years and that was probably a bit of a iffy proposition for some people.
1: Yeah. One of the ways I think about it is, as I was mentioning to you early on is I identified this problem that we're solving for myself, for my own needs. in 2015, 2016 was one of the very first customers of Zoom building an online school. We wanted to teach and reach students that we couldn't have um, attracted to come and move to San Francisco. And, the cost of a living, they could stay at their parents' house and learn to code and get a job and get that job remotely and change their life entirely in three months without ever moving. And that would reduce dramatically our cost of delivery. So we started doing these experiments. That's what led us to, you know, move these workflows completely online and then identify this opportunity of leveraging this new data asset class. Like, wow, like the default behavior now is that you have a recording left behind if you choose to record. And so it was inevitable from my perspective, that we would see this better way of doing things. As I had this comparison of in-person versus remote, I will be honest, at the beginning, I fully expected at the end of the program for the in-person students to have better projects and get better jobs and have better outcomes and results, but that wasn't the case at all. If anything, the remote students did better and had an advantage. And to me, I just saw that paradigm shift fairly early that I never would have imagined a pandemic happening in 2020 that would have right. accelerated, say, a 10-year trend um, down into a three-month you know, trend. And so the world entirely changed in three months, and it's not going to go back, back to the way that it was. Some things will, but most things will be very, very different. And so from where I sit, I've seen this inevitability of just a better, more digitalized, more augmented, smarter, less exhausting <laughs> way of communicating where we outsource some of the like kind of scut work to the tools that are facilitating these conversations and focus more on the human connections and the cognition and the creative work that, that we do. Um, and it's much easier to do in these virtual channels than it was in, in person. when You couldn't easily have digital tools augment your in-person workflows.
0: What is the one tool that you cannot work without? If we took it away from you, your productivity would just screech to a halt.
1: Yeah, I would say for me right now, um, and I know this has probably come up before, but it is, it is Notion for me. <laughs> My team is uh, just lives, breathes, eats on Notion. Uh, I'm, I'm on it all day, every day. And it is the asynchronous kind of like knowledge hub for our team. It's where if you need to share something that's been, you know, that needs to live beyond just a, an ephemeral moment, like a Slack message, it goes into Notion and it, and it gets shared that way. And it is such a fundamentally better experience as far as uh, sharing that content and knowledge than something like Google Docs, that it's, it's been a total game changer for the way that we're able to, to share information and, and build and align around documentation that otherwise would have gotten lost in the Google Drive Cloud. Although I will say that the Google Docs editor is still objectively meaningfully better than the Notion editor, especially <laughs> for collaboration and commenting. Um, but the like system of unlocking and sharing written knowledge has been really, really powerful, awesome and Notion. The Google Docs, Google
0: Drive, increasingly over the past year, people's answer to this sort of question, what can you not live without? No one's mentioned Microsoft Office. (laughs)
1: Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) Mike Adams from Grain, thanks for joining us on B2B Nation.
1: Hey, Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate being here.
0: Thanks to Mike Adams, CEO and co-founder of Grain, for appearing on this episode. You can follow B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud to ensure you don't miss an episode. Thank you to technology advice colleagues, Amy Dunn, Sarah Wingate, and Emily Whalen. I may be the voice of this podcast, but Emily does most of the heavy lifting. Here's mnemonics in the guild to see you out. Catch you next time on B2B Nation.